the farmer's almanac. Outstanding. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eight twelve on Wisconsin's Morning News. Great to have you with us here on this Friday morning. Is that perfect weather for the fair? What is it, 80 degrees? Not even quite, just shy 79. of 80 degrees. Perfect temperature. Sunny day, comfortable. Need a little break in the humidity. Tonight is the night, right? And folks get off of work, maybe they head out a little bit early. Go catch Shaggy and Salt and Pepper. And Salt and Pepper, the main stage man, show tonight. So all kinds of stuff. Live from Wisconsin State Fair today, you'll have WTMJ now. Stephen Sandy are out there. Jeff Wagner doing his show there. And Wisconsin's Afternoon News all live from Wisconsin State Fair. And then you're out there on Saturday. Yeah. I'll be out there along with John Mercure, Greg Matzik, Debbie Lazaga, and crew. We'll be out there for uh, most of the afternoon. I want to talk about this article in the Wall Street Journal is making some noise this week. We've kind of touched on this, what we're seeing in the workforce, not even just from younger workers, but how the workforce post-COVID is like damaged. Something happened to us as many people took or had weeks off, if not longer, all the work from home, all the readjusting, getting back into the workplace. But for our younger workers, what so many employers, so many people I talk to in business are talking about is it's hard for us to work with these folks. So think like back end of the millennials, but more really the Gen Zs now who are on the front end of that, who are coming out into the workforce. Okay. And for an assortment of reasons, they're, kind of, they're complaining about it. Like can't work with them. Well, what's wrong with them? So Wall Street Journal with a fascinating take on how woefully unprepared Young people are coming out into the workforce to the point that some employers are actually considering charm school for their new hires because they don't know how to behave even in the workplace or do anything. Now, can you make the argument that whenever anyone's a rookie employee, their first job coming out of the gate, I mean, there's things that I'm sure I did or said or acted upon or things that I would have liked to have had back now. For sure. You look at young Eric yes. and what you said or what you would, did yeah, or, or what you went to the boss with, the things yeah, that you were the things cons- I was complaining about. Of course. And every generation looks somewhat down its nose at the generation behind them. Sure. Or, you know, new coming. Well, they yeah. don't work as hard as we do, whatever. So, but this is going beyond that where employers are talking about the fact that young people can't perform basic functions that they need. This is Paul Karen in the Wall Street Journal this week. The article is called, How Do I Do That? The New <laughs> Hires of 2023 Are Unprepared for Work. Let me read you a couple of paragraphs. The knock-on effect of years of remote learning during the pandemic is gumming up workplaces around the country. It is one reason professional service jobs are going unfilled. Goods aren't making it to market. It also helps explain why national productivity has fallen for the past five quarters, the longest contraction since at least 1948, that according to the U.S. Labor Department. Shocking. Right. So what they're saying is this isn't just some anecdotal stuff. This is happening. There's measurable evidence that we're just not as productive anymore. This again for the Wall Street Journal this week. The shortcomings run the gamut from general knowledge, including how to make change at the register, to soft skills such as working with others. Employers spending more time and resources searching for candidates, lowering expectations when they hire. They're spending millions to fix new employees' lack of basic skills. But some of those skills, can't they be easily and quickly taught? Like you mentioned the change in the, you know, being able to do change in the cash register. Random example, but... 
Doesn't that take just one hour? Of, it should, right? <laughs> or a half hour? Wagner okay, just yesterday was telling a story about how some, he gave somebody a really complex change-making issue at the golf course the other day. Gave him $23 so it, he could it wasn't get 10 bucks back or something like that? Right. I think Wagner's story was it was a... It was a nine dollar charge. He said, "Keep a couple bucks for yourself." He gave her a twenty, and her mind exploded, and she took out the calculator. Oh, changes nine <laughs> bucks. Like I got, and I'm bad at math. Uh, this again, one more thing for the Wall Street Journal: Talent First, a business-led workforce development organization, encouraging employers to stop trying to hire based on skill. Instead, hiring managers should just look for a willingness to learn. We've heard that from others. Yeah, I that's true. Interviewed the guy who's chief of human resources officer at Uline. Said like, "We're just looking for good people. We're going to show up." and work hard, and then we can work with them from there. Here's the quote from Kevin Stotts, who's the president of this organization. Employers are saying, we're just trying to find some people who could fog the mirror. <laughs> Come on. Give me somebody, anybody with a pulse. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to, on a more personal Scale. See, a, a more micro form of management. You need a Michael Scott so, to come in there, manage you on that but, micro scale. But how is this being received? Like, if someone is approached, hey, we want you to go to charm school. I mean, what are they saying about that? Like, what happens? F if, you. I mean, are they coming back saying, sure, we'll do that? Well, that's the other thing that's frustrating. And again, I don't want to necessarily blame the Gen Zs. Like, however they're coming out, that's our generation of parents who sure. screwed them yeah. up, right? But still, we got to fix it, right? <laughs> right. So if they're just coming out of high school or college and entering the workforce, we're the ones who screwed them up yeah. or didn't adequately prepare them. So. We share some of that blame, our generation of parents. But you mentioned the charm school. This from entrepreneur.com. Companies are implementing etiquette classes to help Gen Z with soft skills to learn proper workplace standards. 60% of companies surveyed said classes would be required. Unlike traditional classes that teach how to curtsy or fine dining, fork placement and such, these help with soft skills, writing, professional emails, appropriate in-office banter, Dressing for a professional environment. Well, the, the the dressing thing is interesting. I've said my standards should, at, you, no matter what job you do, like you should at least look like you got dressed. <laughs> <laughs> like I get we're a casual workplace, but like show me that that's not what you slept in. It's not Just jam. Prove, prove it to me. It's not not jammies day here. Well, I've told you that story before. Like for homecoming week, one of the days is. You know, <laughs> yes. flannels or PJ yes. day. And I asked my kid once, I'm like, hey, you going to put on the PJs for for PJ day? And he's like, nah, he's like, going to wear normal clothes. He's like, it's not going to look much different at school anyway, because everyone wears their PJs to school anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Every day's pajama day at school. <laughs> right. But actually, that gives me hope. Like, think about your kid. They know. They're self-aware. Right. But like, I, this gives me a little bit of hope, because once our kids get through... I mean, your oldest just graduated. Mine's a couple of years away. Your twins are a couple of years away. That, now in the workforce. Yeah. Like... All right, game on. Like that, there should be, there should be a great opportunity for someone who has a little bit of motivation. That's such a great message to do pretty well. Like right. tell that to your kids. Hey, trust me, that generation above you, bull. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're you, not doing it. You only got the talent that God and my genes gave you. So right? that may take you so far, but I promise you, if you show up and you try, you're already in the top ten percent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You asked an important question, though, in terms of, okay, take them to etiquette class, take them to how will that be received? Yeah. I think the, the dangerous combination with the younger folks that we see is sometimes they're not coachable. 
So, okay, maybe you lack these Ooh. skills, but are you willing to learn them or do you get offended when Can someone you, says, yeah. I'm sorry this wasn't done right. You're the first person in the world who ever told them they didn't do it right. Yeah. Can you take a note? Right. <laughs> Great. This, this just in the old National Bank talk and text line. Guys, we're screwed. If the new generation can't figure out, we're going back to the Stone Age while the computer overlords... <laughs> Rule us. You know, I was going to say this on the first time. The first time I ran into the issue with this, it's almost been 10 years ago. It's the first time my eyes were open to it. We had an intern in the newsroom and I asked her to make a phone call. I'm like, all right, just call. It was like to call this expert out of Massachusetts or something like this on a random story about something. I think it was about like the post office, about what's going to happen to the post office just in yeah. general. Okay. Call, call and, give him a call down there. And uh, she was calling Michigan on accident and had all these issues. And I'm like, what's going on? And she, she did not know how to pick up a phone off the off the the table and make a phone call like she had never. And I was like, well, that was the first time I was like, oh wow, okay, add this to the training now. Like they oftentimes this generation doesn't know basic things that you and I learned when we were children. Epic story on that from a friend of mine. Coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. You're just gonna somersault around for the rest of your life, and you know what's gonna be on your tombstone? Loser. Eight twenty-five on Wisconsin's Morning News, talking about this article this week in the Wall Street Journal about how employers are struggling with young workers coming out. In part, they're blaming the pandemic that the workforce, young people in the workforce, lack basic skills, can't make change, don't know how to interact with each other or managers in the workplace. I told you, Eric, you were telling the story about how you had a young person who, an intern, couldn't like didn't know how to use the phone. Yeah. I just, uh, I gave her an idea. Let's want you call this number. You know, I know this expert at this place, uh, someone based out of Massachusetts, and she struggled and struggled and was calling Michigan and had all these issues. And she finally told me, she's like, can you show me how to, how to dial a phone? And I was like, oh, and this was like 10 years ago. And that was the first time. And yes. I have to admit, like, I was like, oh my God, like I, it, I didn't do that. I didn't say that to her, but I remember fr- being frustrated yes, right. inside. But then it, it dawned on me like, hey, no. Life is different for people. They're, you know, they use different devices. They are learning different things. Like this has to be part of the curriculum of training someone now, making sure they know how to dial from an office phone. Maybe uh, you know, a note for us as parents. Again, we're right. the ones putting these young people out in the world. This is true. Important note. So I told you, a friend of mine posted this on Facebook the other day. She has a son who's uh, my kid's age, my twin's age, going to be a junior in high school. Okay. And this is what she posted. My son's new bank card came today. I handed it to him, told him to call the 800 number to activate it. He stared at me. Me. What? My son. How do I make a phone call? Then she has a couple of staring at each other emojis. Then she says, me. I don't know how to respond. What do you mean? My son. I answer the phone when you call me. (laughs) Me. Are you telling me you've never called anyone? Him. Right. You've had a phone since sixth grade. You are now a junior in high school and you don't know how to use your phone to call someone. My son, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't know how to respond. What do you mean? I answer the phone when you call me. No one else calls me. I slide the thing off. You talk. That's it. Just <laughs> move the bar over. Four five years, no one else has ever called me, and I've never oh, called anyone. Boy. So I guess we got to realize they communicate differently, and if this is a skill that we want them to have... I guess we got to teach it to him. Bullseye. You know what's so funny about that is that uh, my uh, she's now twelve. She just got a, a phone for the first time recently, and like she calls all the time. <laughs> bling bling, and I'm like, look, okay, <laughs> what do you need, honey? Like she's just bored. Or she she's... won't text you. 
she'll do that too. Yeah. But she'll just call, just to call. When are you coming home? Um, right. uh, probably 15 minutes or so. Okay, see ya. <laughs> she just likes talking to people. Eric's daughter, Bryn, is at the top of the depth chart for me of the Billstead children. <laughs> you like her? Like, she's really rising up. I mean, your one son, he runs like my son, so we yeah, have yeah. some camaraderie yeah. there. You know, don't know much about Eli, what his program is, okay, but yeah. Bryn is at the top of the Billstead depth <laughs> chart for me just right her, now. Who, her goofballery. I'll give you that. 828 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Oh, baby. 837 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up on a fantastic weekend here, Wisconsin State Fair. In effect, a number of festivals also going on. And you have four triathlons set to take place in Milwaukee starting today, E. That's right. This is what, the World Triathlon? Like, this is a big one. People from all over the place. Some involving professionals, other involving high-end athletes who just do this sort of more as a hobby. Some youth events as well. But either way, you have events that are going to essentially shut down a lot of the lakefront for much of the day, today, Saturday, Sunday. So much so, Discovery World said, we're closed. Yeah, not going like, to do it. You just can't get here. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel sort of wrote it up in a pretty snackable size here. So you got a race today, Friday at 4.15. Saturday, two races. Sunday, two races. These are triathlons, so they involve swimming, biking, riding. And the course is set up along Lincoln Memorial Drive with start and finish lines right there near Discovery World. And so Lincoln Memorial Drive, according to JS, is going to be closed. Let me see. It may already be closed. I just had that here. There'll be closures each day. Today closes at 9 o'clock and will remain closed till 8.15 this evening. Saturday, Lincoln Memorial Drive on this side of the Hone Bridge closed from 4.30 in the morning to 8.15 at night. And Sunday, 4.30 a.m. to 5.15 p.m. also be a Hone Bridge closure on Saturday as well. Also, Hone Bridge closure on Sunday. So just major stuff if you've got things going on around the lakefront. You're going to want to be aware of that. You know, Lori Nickel joined us earlier. She's on every Tuesday. And she told us earlier this week, there are some spots where you can actually catch a lot of the uh, the races, too, if you're just fascinated by it, like where you can actually see everything, the biking, the swimming, and the running. And I'm told, she said that the swimming, unbelievably difficult. Like to be able to swim and like. Excuse me, swim in Lake Michigan and then be battling all the other racers and competitors. Ooh. And depending on the event, the length of all of these, like the Ironman is the classic. You have a full marathon right. in the running, and then I don't know what that bike ride is, something like 80 Forever. miles or something, right? And the <laughs> swim is right. So the, the, the lengths of each individual discipline vary, but on the high end, it's a two mile swim in a lake with all these other people yeah. in there. Yeah. That's where they say on the on the lower levels, you know, Charles Benson has done an Ironman and he's a is a triathlete and my buddy over at Channel 4 and Charles said like the swim portion especially if you're in one of these amateur level events where some people may be of varying degrees of ability if folks start to lose their minds in the swim, they start grabbing onto people or people ah. are getting hit or, you know, it's chaos. Right? And you got to make sure you can breathe, you're not breathing <laughs> in a bunch of water. Yeah, right, for 2 miles. A lot of folks don't walk two miles, much less (laughs) swim there in the lake. So that is all happening this weekend. The lakefront sort of on lockdown for the next three days. 839 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Seventy-six degrees as we get you going in Milwaukee on this Friday morning. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. Got his nickname because he used to work at the Pancake House on the south side. So this is the time of day where we usually do the Greg Pan, uh, the Greg Pancake Hill breakfast special. I just I 
just dialed him up back there. I'm like, hey, this is coming up. You ready? He goes, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so we are here on this Friday morning is the Pancake Breakfast Special. What about breakfast? We've already had it. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Wisconsin State Fair opening weekend, everybody. So anyone get a chance to go out to the fair yesterday, fellas? Not yet. Nope, it's on my list. Not obviously. yet. Debbie, were you out there yesterday? I was out there yesterday during okay. the day. Okay. <laughs> First assessment looked good. Everything looked good. Yeah, everything looked great. I mean, it was it was steamy, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I did not get to see the livestock though, unfortunately. Not I didn't get yet. a chance. Thank- not yet. Thankfully, there's so many more days left of the fair. And in addition to livestock, what is one of the staples of every state fair, not just in Wisconsin but nationwide? Of course. It's the food. So what better opportunity to talk food by bringing this one back. Yes, it's from the producer who brought you this wonderful concoction, the Mike Trout. Yeah, comes another version of everyone's favorite game. It's time to play Food or Fiction, the State Fair Edition. So if you're not familiar with food or fiction, here is how the game goes. I will list and describe a food item. It will be a State Fair food item. It is up to our panel here in the studio to decide if this food is real or fake. Yes. We go with the rules. Yeah, understood. The corn dog cake. A decadent slice of this will make even Rots Hot's owner Ashton Rotman blush. A mixture of cornbread batter baked breaded in a specifically spiced breading, spun in a mixture of ketchup sauce dipped into a mustard glaze, and of course, served on a stick. You might be able to pick this up at the Nebraska State Fair for a cool $17.99 right next to the History of Corn Shucking exhibit. Is this State Fair food or fiction? No, oh, that's real. I'm saying fiction. It needs to be real. I'll go real. If it's not, <laughs> it needs to be. It is not real. That is yeah. oh, oh, all right. so sad. All right. You know start. why? Because if it, if it were real, it would have been deep fried. Ah, <laughs> right. ah it's good. See? You're listening. Okay, okay, here we go. The carne lasagna. Yes. <laughs> Layered lasagna noodles with chihuahua and witsaka cheese staggered with layers of fajita veggies, carne asada marinated in marinara. This fusion of Mexican-Italian flavors is available right next to the potato sack fitting station at the Idaho State Fair for $14.99, $15.99 if you'd like a corner slice. Is this State Fair food or fiction? I like the corner slice upcharge. Mm -hmm, That's nice. (laughs) I pay extra for a corner slice. I'm out on that one. That's not real. Agreed. I'm I'm saying it is real. I'll go real. That is fiction, everybody. Damn. Two for two. All right, here we go. Doesn't fit with Idaho. The farmers. Yeah, not enough potatoes. <laughs> oh, okay. That's they have how, a hash brown He's ba- listening. Base or it's good. You're listening. I like it. All right. The farmer's almamac. <laughs> real. <laughs> Has to be real. This please. forecast of flavor includes locally sourced elbow macaroni noodles tossed in a melted crop full of four cheese blend while marinating in a high pressure slow cooker, then garnished with crab. Crab cake breadcrumbs and El Nino seasoned scallions. And you can pick this up at the Iowa State Fair in between the interactive in- irrigation booth and the hoe sharpening stand. A big bowl runs you $12.99. A small squall is $8.99. <laughs> is this state food or fiction? The farmer's Alma Mac. Outstanding. I've been to the Iowa State Fair. I'm saying it's in. It's real. I think it's fake because there were too many creative names in there. That's a pancake. <laughs> That's a pancake. That's pancake enhanced. <laughs> 
I'm going to say it's real. Special pancakes. I'll say fake. Oh, you got me. It's fake. It's fiction. All right, here we go. How about an order of butt fries? Hickory smoked shredded pork butt heaped on top of precisely cut slices of salted potato, topped with a dollop of seasoned sour cream, a creamy cheese sauce, barbecue sauce, and green onions. $13.99 at the Virginia State Fair. Are we talking food or fiction? Sounds amazing. All right, me first again. I was If you had said it was from Texas, I would have said it's real. But I'm out. Fake. I... It sounds like something they'd have at fair. I'm, I'm going real. I'm, I'm going to go ahead real. Real. Oh, my God, it's real. We <laughs> finally have a real yeah. one. They All are right. actually real. I like the uh, butt fries name. Butt fries. Yeah. Silly garnish towards that. All right, last one here. A fully constructed dish composed of ground-up grass-fed animal, animal, excuse animal. me, accompanied by farm-fresh organic greens with a mustard seed aioli, Tomato puree, along with pickled cucumbers. Thinly sliced treated dairy, all in between twice-proofed oven-roasted loaf. This American-inspired sandwich can be purchased at multiple state fairs, including Colorado, California, and Washington, for $22.99, right next to the cow milking station. Is this state fair food fact or fiction? This is the only one you've said so far that I don't want to try. (laughs) But it sounds real. I don't know. Whenever you say the location like, that it's next to something, I'm having a hard time with that. That's the tell? Yeah, I'm going fiction. Fiction. Fake. It's real. It's a cheeseburger. It's oh, a re- it's, it's I, just I a described cheeseburger. a cheeseburger. It's a cheeseburger. Every state fair in the entire country uh, has a cheeseburger. But that kind, ah. with that description? With that description? I don't know. Maybe I can write their menu for them. Yeah, but well that done. is actual American cheeseburger. <laughs> And it didn't sound good. And it didn't sound as good good as butt fries. Interesting. So if you visit the fair, come with an appetite and imagination and see if one of these menu items is on some sort of menu at the state fair. Remember, you heard it here first. Here on Wisconsin's Morning News, the five-day forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Perfect day today for the Wisconsin State Fair. 79 degrees, your high under mostly sunny skies, partly cloudy with a low down to 67 tonight. 80 degrees for your high temperature both Saturday and Sunday. 80 degrees for the high on Monday as well. Now on Saturday into the evening hours, we could see some rain and storms moving through. Sunday, showers and storms are likely. Some could be on the strong side, so keep it close to WTMJ through the weekend on all that. By the way, so if you happen to walk through one of the barns and there's like a brief moment where one of the animals gets on its hind legs and waves at you, it still is likely an animal. It probably isn't a sun bear. Of the things that we are debating across America still this morning. (laughs) Silly sun bear. ABC had, Good Morning America had it again. CNN had it again. This bear at the zoo in China that people just will not believe is real. (laughs) Because there's one brief clip of video that makes it look like a man in a bear suit. Now everyone (laughs) thinks it's really... The bear is waving. Yeah, it's standing up. Standing up on its hind legs. And like, a second later, a friend- it's got this giant tongue and it's licking itself. So it's not a man <laughs> in a bear suit. Well, Despite not- the three seconds of video we're all watching. That's not without human precedent either, <laughs> we should point out.
What's that guy doing over there? So yeah, still getting tons of attention, by the way. There it is. <laughs> It's it's hilarious video. That bear looks really friendly. <laughs> the other piece that I keep seeing pop up, do you have more on what what is the controversy over the Somali runner? So this was, um, they call it nepotism. So the Somali runner in some race overseas. Um, like a major race. It was so like a 100 meter like, dash. Think of an Olympic style event and you have competitors from countries across the world. Yes. And every athlete that was in the race Runs this 100-meter dash 100 in like meters. 10 seconds or whatever. It's the ladies' division, so yeah. you're looking for the fastest woman in the world here, right? right? But then there was this Somali runner who didn't look the same as the other runners and was about 12 seconds shorter or slower, I'm sorry, than everyone else. So it took her double the time to get there at least to finish the race. Take your marks. And several seconds in, she's out of the camera frame. <laughs> it looks like the she's leaders. running through cement. <laughs> <laughs> she's like every normal person running against these athletes. So she was not a sprinter. She was inserted into the race, from what I understand, because you get points from a team standpoint, right? From every competitor you put in, they needed a placeholder for this race. So they just got someone who is not a 100-meter sprinter. Which, by the way... Like a sort of normal person out there against world-class athletes. Pancake, that's not without precedent, by the way, right? Pancake like, was I, a trackster. I've My kid runs track. I've seen plenty. Your dad was involved in that kind yeah. of stuff. We've seen plenty of people who didn't belong in a race run in a race. Yeah, I've, relatable content for me, at least. I mean, there was times where it was like, again, I went to a very small high school, and they were like, we need points. Like, so, It's worth... Not worth not getting the points so someone get in the heat. And it's like, all right, why am I running the mile right now? I'm going to get smoked. And sure enough, I did. So the chair of the Somali Athletics Federation has been suspended because the chairwoman is related to this runner. And they say it was abuse of power and nepotism and defaming the name of the nation in this international arena. So, like, she wanted to be in this race? She did her a favor by putting her in this race? The Somali Minister of Youth and Sports uh, says that the runner was not a sports person nor a runner. (laughs) Not even like an athlete? No. Okay. And she kind of skips across at the end. (laughs) She hits the finish. She hits a like skip stride. like. (laughs) But she's running in slow motion compared to everybody (laughs) You know what it looked to me? It looks like how I run in my dreams. (laughs) In your nightmare where you can never run fast enough, right? Guys chasing you down with a knife, and why can't I run? I'm faster than this. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. She was everyone's nightmare, moving so slow, ten seconds behind everybody else. So yeah, so suspension now and 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 whatnot. So. Okay, well, I could care less. Couldn't care less. I could care less about all of that. Couldn't care. How do you say that? Whatever. Don't care about all that. Funny piece of video, nonetheless. <laughs> Eight fifty-eight. On Wisconsin's Morning News, WTMJ Now live from the State Fair is up next. Hold my beer. Hear the Milwaukee Business headlines with the Milwaukee Business Journal's Sari Lask. Let's go. Come on, let's go.